Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you are a commercial real estate agent, check it out. It's 21 one-hour videos. It will change your business life. Check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, speaking of commercial real estate, we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about something that really seems to be already changing the market and could change it a lot more. And that is the potential changes to the 1031 exchange. There's talks about uh, the Biden tax plan about limiting it to $500,000. And in my book in commercial real estate, that's pretty much all the 1031s that, that we're ever involved in. What might the impact be to commercial real estate value? What might be the impact to tax income? What might be the impact to, to the gross domestic product? What, what could it do to the economy, real estate values, jobs? Well, and, and then if you don't like what's going to happen, what can you do about it? That's what we're going to talk about today. Please welcome my guest. This is Daniel Wagner, Special Vice President at the Inland Real Estate Group, and he's here in studio with us. Dan, Dan, thanks for being with us. Michael, it's great being here. What a beautiful studio this is. Well, we appreciate it. And we're going to talk about you know, the impact, that financial impact on, on jobs and on the economy, on farmers, on uh, employment groups, and, and, and everything. But first, in brevity, what is the tax plan that Biden has? What is the potential change in the 1031 exchange? Well, during the campaign, uh, candidate Biden said he wanted to eliminate the 1031. So after a whole bunch of uh, organizations like the National Association of Realtors, Federation Exchange Accommodators, we all worked together and uh, IPA, we were, able to we were able to save the 1031 where uh, the Biden administration now does not want to eliminate it. So that's a good thing. But uh, the difficulty is, is that they want to cap it at $500,000 uh, for an individual or a million dollars for a couple. And that would start officially January 1st of 2022. So as you said, it's basically killing it uh, because what are you going to do with, with a half a million dollars? But, um, but that's, uh, that, that's what their plan is right now. And the impact for actual revenues, it seems like if the 1031 exchange is limited to that, then a lot of people are going to hold properties. And it seems like it will impact jobs. It will impact just the, the, the income tax alone from, from the lack of jobs and the lack of transfers. Well, Michael, we like saying the juice isn't worth the squeeze with this <laughs> comes to this 1031 project. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the President Biden's uh, own administration said that it's about $2 billion a year is what the revenue would be gained over a 10-year period. And the, the different industry studies from Ernst & Young, they did the big macroeconomic study that showed that actually about $5 billion a year just in sales, local and state sales taxes, or uh, local and state um, transfer taxes are created for, from the 1031. So already you have more tax revenue that would actually be eliminated than uh, you'd generate from capping it at $500,000. Mm. Yeah, and that's crazy. And when they're talking about, when they're looking at that icing on the cake, of the 1031 exchange of the money that's, I guess, lost and deferred. 
Um, are they really looking at the layers of the cake under it? <laughs> That's a great point. It is really, it's, it's really important that we educate members of Congress and we educate the staff. More importantly, the average age of a staff person in Washington is about 22. And so a lot of them aren't aware of the real estate world. And so it, it coming upon people like yourself and myself to be able to educate them to explain all of the different facets of the 1031, because it's not, you know, just uh, as, as they, you know, some people like to say, it's this little tax loophole for uh, rich fat cats. I mean, it's it really cuts across all party lines. It cuts across demographics, and it uh, it's something that's been in our tax code for a hundred years. To be in the tax code for a hundred years means it's gone through a lot of people looking at chopping it away, and every time it's saved. And so this is what we have to do to educate people about it. Yeah, I mean, you look at the small business owners, right? Like hotel owners and mm -hmm. business owners, because they can do a like kind exchange and sell a building, buy another building, move up, add more jobs, right? Invest yes. in, in the economy. You look at small uh, investors own rental properties, right? Duplexes right. and rental homes. They're renovating those and spending that. And then you look at the investment properties. I know we sell commercial properties and we see a lot of our sellers that sell that, that without the 1031, there's like, there's no way they're selling. Well, one of the ways we, you hit, you hit these things right on the nail on the head. We have the, the, uh, the staffer understands it when we explain, this is like the 401k of real estate. So the people who are the, the teachers that are able to save enough money to buy a rental house or save enough money to buy, you know, a couple apartments, um, you know, one or two better apartments, they are putting every dime they have uh, extra into those apartments or into that rental house. The you know the the water heater breaks or whatever. They're putting that five hundred dollars, thousand dollars, and they they do that over their lifetime. And when they are ready to retire, that's when they want to be able to to cash out. And they that's when they want to be able to do the the ten thirty one. They're able to uh, to pay the tax when it's due. But that's the big deal. Is it's a four hundred one k real estate. Yeah, and do the studies show the actual negative impact? financial impact. I mean, you look at all the jobs around just just a single sale of a property. You know, the seller's typically fixing it up, spending money on it, right, with contractors and then pulling the permits, increasing the tax value, right, and the taxes. And then, then when it sells, there's the transfer tax, right? It usually sells for a higher price. The property taxes go up. And then the, the brokers and the attorneys and the surveyors and the planners and all the way down the line escrow right. uh, and every, and then the renovations there they start doing value add typically right right uh, and, and and what we see is and sometimes is when when sellers are afraid of the taxes or the tax paying the taxes don't make sense is they let the property sit and deteriorate and it really hurts neighborhoods too A absolutely that Lingen uh, Petrova did a microeconomic study mm -hmm. and in that study they highlighted that owners maintain and buyers renovate and that is so true. We, we had the uh, mayor of Naperville, which is a suburb of Chicago. Um, he did a, a call with a whole bunch of congressional leaders, and he highlighted that they had a, a dead Kmart for years in one of their high traffic areas, and an older gentleman owned it. And he said he would never sell it because it would just cost too much in capital gains taxes. So he was going to hold on to it till the day he died. Well, Costco comes in and they said, can we do a 1031 exchange with you? And that got the guy off the mark. And he said, sure, I'll be glad to 1031. And that's what he did. He 1031. And that's what got him off the sideline. And that put this 
really dilapidated, awful piece of property into now one of the most revenue producing ones in this town. It's a Costco. And so they tore down all the jobs, got created to tear it down, to build a new one. And then that doesn't even include the jobs of people getting hired to work at Costco. But the other aspect of, of this is when you look at all the jobs across America with this synergy going on, it's, they, they, uh, have, they have tagged it at 568,000 jobs a year. Mm. I mean, that's pretty massive. And the economic benefit, obviously, is, is right there. And you really talked, talked about that. But people need to know, again, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. It doesn't make sense to do this. What about property values, Dan? I mean, if, if people aren't doing 1031s, uh, is, did the study suggest uh, a change in property values from that? Well, again, people are just going to be sitting on the properties because they're not, they're not going to sell. And especially um, if capital gains taxes are going to go up as well. So people are not going to be able to do it. So when you look at the coalition, um, the Real Estate Roundtable has put together for this, you have the Mortgage Bankers Association. You have uh, lots of different groups, the Commercial Real Estate Finance Council. Um, all these different groups know that, um, that this is going to impact uh, mortgages. It's going to impact the, uh, you know, people being able to have access to capital and it's going to reduce the value. So people need to understand that it, it really cuts across all different aspects. It's not just this little uh, loophole that people like to say. It's, it's been uh, something that's helped the economy for 100 years. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing that it would be looked at just, just looking at the icing on the cake and not looking at all the multiple layers under it. What do labor unions tell you uh, about this matter? Well, that's uh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. the The labor unions are uh, are a big constituency of uh, the, of the, the Biden administration, and the IBEW, um, in, uh, just right outside Chicago, um, right in DuPage County, they were able to uh, highlight that for them, they like the jobs, obviously, but the other aspect is that they, are, as as a private union, uh, they actually invest a, a lot of money into REITs. And they were able to verify that REITs uh, would, would be negatively impacted by this because REITs use a 1031 every day to reposition portfolios. And so the, the returns would go down and the private unions can't afford that. They are there to make sure to take care of their union folks um, to be able when they retire. Yeah, it's amazing. I was interviewing the leader of the largest hotel association in the world Mm -hmm. And he said they'd done the math that, that they'd really hurt the small business owners around hotels. And they'd done the math and thought, and they figure a 6% value loss in the hotels on average, uh, which is pretty significant number. Oh, my gosh. And, and then I asked him, I said, well, did you also take into consideration the lack of liquidity, right? The, the just of supply and demand. If there's mm -hmm. that lack of demand from buyers doing the 1031s, did you put that in the calculations? He's like... Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, because yeah. supply and demand impacts the value of everything, right? Right, right. Um, so, uh, and then you, if you do it at the same time, we're talking about an increase in capital gains, right? So it's, a it's double like whammy. A, it's it's like an incredible double whammy that people are going to hire. Just sit on this property. If my capital gains goes from what potentially twenty percent to thirty nine, right, thirty nine plus the Obama medical tax. Yeah. And then the state tax is in California. They might be looking uh, above fifty-five uh, percent. Wow! So let's let's talk about timing a little bit, and then let's talk sure. about what our listeners and viewers can do if they would like to do something about it. Um, first of all, on the timing, I, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is brokers. I'm a broker in the Southeast U.S., and mm -hmm. um, we're seeing a lot of clients that are selling properties right now that they. 
really had, had planned to hold long term. And they're like, well, I'm going to get ahead of potential uh, increases in capital gains. If I can, I'm going to get ahead of using the 1031 exchange. And then a lot of people are suggesting they want to close by the end of the year. And then some are also saying, I want to get into a replacement property by the end of the year. W what is the timing? Well, we have this thing called reconciliation, which is when the Congress, both the, the House and, and Senator Democrat and the President's Democrat, they're coming together. They can do a one-time vote. And they're going to look at right now the, all the different committees on the House Ways and Means Committee and then the Senate Finance Committee. All the staffs right now are working to identify how they're going to raise this $3.5 trillion. And they're going to try to push this through as quick as they can. And it looks like in the next one to two weeks, in the middle of September, is when we'll probably have a good idea if the 1031 and everything else are going to be put in this pay for us. Um, we, we are, uh, we're hoping that um, everybody working together, that they're not going to put that in as a pay for. So we'll know by the 15th of September is what they think. But again, a crystal ball in Washington, D.C., you know, is, is worth it. Well, you know what? It's not. I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen until it happens. But my, our best um, knowledge right now is probably in the middle of September is when the, we'll know what the pay fors are. And then um, they're going to be voting on this as a package uh, in the House probably in uh, the week after that to two weeks after that. So I would say this could all be done um, by middle of October for both the, the House and Senate. And what is the guess of when it would be effective? So that's a great question. Um, we, you know, in general, you would think that it's going to be January 1st of 2022. However, uh, President Biden, in uh, his remarks in, in April, he said that he was going to, the 1031s are fine until January 1st. Um, that's what he would like to click in his, you know, his concept. But it looks like he, that he's trying to suggest the idea that you claw back um, the percent of increase of capital gains back to April, uh, the end of April is when he announced what he wanted to do. So he's looking at a possible clawback. Up to April 2021. Yes. So how many people closing between April 21 and when it's enacted would have the rules of the game changed after the game's over? After the game's over. They'd have to come up with an additional 20-some percent to be able to pay. Now, that's not American. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Yeah. That's just not American. It's pretty wild. Uh, that's just crazy. So, but there was some talk that if you uh, do a 1031 exchange and you close the replacement property in 2021, you may be okay? You will be okay. Okay. So, so that, the, president, um, the, the president has said that he believes that the 1031 should be, his, the, the changes should be January 1st of 2022. For regular capital gains, any other sale of a property without a 1031, that would be clawed back. But 1031s, he specifically said, wouldn't be clawed back. You don't know what's going to be in the bill, so that's what we're all waiting for, is to see what they're going to put in the bill. And we hope to know that in the next couple of weeks here. Um, but that's what everybody's kind of holding their breath on. But the president has said this is what he wants to do. And the, the trillion dollars here, the trillion dollars there, then it's kind of, it seems like a lot of money then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure does. Uh, well, Dan, what did congressmen say to you when you talked to them about this? Well, there's some, uh, there's some, the Democrat Party is, is the main focus of all of our groups because uh, the Republicans um, are, you know, are, are staunchly against it. So that means that the Senate, where they have to have all 50 senators plus Kamala Harris, the vice president, to vote for this, they have to have every single one of those senators. So 
uh, Senator Manchin is a really important person from West Virginia because he's highlighted that he doesn't want corporate, the corporate tax to go up a certain amount. Um, and then you have uh, Christian Cinema from Arizona who said that she's concerned um, about these things because uh, besides the 1031 and increasing uh, capital gains, they also want to look at eliminating stepped up in basis. So it's a, a variety of things. And again, you know, the, the president won and he wants to uh, give free college to students. He wants to be able to provide free uh, uh, tax credit uh, per month additional for a new entitlement program for um, children. Um, and that's a very expensive plan. And it's $3.5 trillion over uh, this 10-year period. So lots to, lots to spend money on. And, and so the tax world is, uh, is what they're going to be looking at. Yeah. Well, it seems like if you do an increase in capital gains and then you limit the 1031 exchange that much, it could just have a devastating impact on a really big part of the economy that, that is uh, real estate, right? Well, we've had COVID, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that. And, and so the repurposing of like indoor malls, for example, around mm -hmm. the country, people use the 1031 to be able to do that, to make them into uh, apartments or condos or um, self-storage. I mean, so to be able to renovate different uh, different um, obsolete properties is a key thing of the 1031. And now that's, uh, you know, that's could be in jeopardy. I believe that with all of us working together, Michael, uh, people that are part of your audience, I believe that if we all work together and, and let our elected officials know what how this is going to directly impact the lives of their of them and their businesses and community, I think we'll be able to educate them to, that they won't do that. And grab your phone because we're going to give you a couple links to use that you can do something about this and, and speak out and, and, and please do. Um, but could it have a potential negative impact on affordable housing? Absolutely. The multifamily uh, portfolios of affordable housing, again, they use the 1031 all the time. When, when you have um, Bill Brown, he's an African-American past president of the National Association of Realtors in California. He, he buys apartments and he uses the 1031 as a tool. And the pre-tax dollars, he's able to renovate these apartments and makes it a better housing stock for people. It's about seven to ten thousand dollars per unit, and he's able to do that because of the 1031. And so, um, and in underserved communities, the 1031 is vital because it brings capital into areas that normally it's harder to bring capital into. So, it's, I have many examples I'd be able to tell you, but yeah, it's it's so important that we all get uh, get on the horn and let our elected officials know. And how about for our wonderful farmers that? Uh create the food for us out there, impact on them? Oh my gosh. So farmers, as you know, are dirt rich and cash poor. And so farmers, they use the 1031 all the time to reposition their portfolio of land of how they manage it. And then the other big deal in, is the conservation world. So um, when the 1031 was attacked about 20 years ago, the conservation world came up and stopped, you know, stopped it in its tracks because they were able to highlight that they use, the conservation world uses the 1031 all the time to be able to buy farmland. And they know that their goal of, of 30 by 30, 30% of America would be open space by 2030, would be an impossibility if the 1031 is capped at $500,000. You know, when you look at the impact, too, on just small businesses, you know, they're, they're big employers. Yes. Uh, it could just really have a devastating impact on the economy overall and impact uh, everyone. Um, well... Let's give you some websites, some URLs, right? You Please can do, do something that. Yeah. about it. Um, so one is uh, www.ipa.com/action, right? Yes, and that makes it real easy. 
So um, yeah, it, what you do is you just type in your your address, and your, it comes up with who your congressman or woman is, and who mm -hmm. your senators are, and you just press send, and it sends an already pre-done letter. It's already ready to go. Yeah, and we need to do this now. So share mm -hmm. share these these links, share this show, if you will. Uh, get out there because I think uh, it'll have a lot more negative impact. And if you don't think it'll happen, I'll, I'll bring you back to 1986, and they changed the depreciation laws. And I was a young man, just gotten in the business, and was doing really well selling apartments. And I thought my life was going to be just a gravy train, right, of, of, uh, <laughs> of syndicators doing these deals. And when they talked about uh, changing the, uh, the uh, laws, I went, you know what, that's going to kill values, and it's going to hurt banks. It's going to hurt so many politicians, and financially, surely it's not going to happen. They changed it, I guess it was at the end of 86, December yes. 31st. Um, and then 1987, every apartment deal I had going collapsed immediately. Values plummeted. Um, and I know because I was in the apartment business or brokered apartments, SNLs failing everywhere that had these apartment loans. Right. All of a sudden, Freddie Mac comes in. They're the largest apartment owner in the, in the country. They seem like they owned all the apartments. Wow. Uh, so, and, and it just really a devastating impact on, on jobs, on, on, on SNL, savings and loans institutions. And uh, so if you don't think it will happen, uh, you know, it could happen. And we need to step out and educate yes. people. Please get off your couch. <laughs> this is the time. It really is a time when, you know, when you're at uh, two in the morning, when you get up and look yourself in the mirror, you know you've helped people. Yeah. You're proud of what you've done. And yeah. you need to let them know what you've done. And, and even go to the next step and get the phone number of these folks and call them yeah. and tell them why you're proud of, your, of what you do in our industry and how it's impacted yeah. their community. That's a big deal. Our, our listeners and viewers are not on their couch. They're at their stand-up desk. Right. They're at their uh, they're exercising. Uh, they're driving to show property. So absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I you know I hope we're uh, preaching to the choir here because we have a big real estate audience around the country. And uh, what would you leave our audience with to think about this? To, uh, in the show. Well, the big thing is making sure that let get the message out. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. It just doesn't make sense to do this. And most importantly is you have to go to those websites and please uh, reach out to your elected official because this is our democracy and this is how it works, folks. There's This is the best of the whole world. And please, please uh, let them know that what will happen to our commercial real estate industry. Yeah. And I think just the economy overall, when you because the chances of the capital gains increase is pretty strong, right? Absolutely. Some increase. Absolutely. So you talk about an increase there and the limitation of the 1031, you're talking about some devastation going on here. And stepped up basis. And I can tell you from being a broker, we have never seen transaction activity this heavy in my entire career. Uh, it's just unbelievable people trying to make moves now before this 1031 change potentially goes away for, for most investors. So. Um, uh, get out there. Let's do something because it may be that there's a lot of transactions through the end of 2021 and then it just falls off a cliff and really hurts the economy and, and, and everybody that touches in any way commercial real estate. Dan, thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks for being in Studio One with us, too. Michael, you are the best. There's nobody better in this commercial real estate world than Michael Bull. Yeah, I'm the Johnny Carson of commercial real estate, <laughs> you're saying. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not that, that good. Uh, Johnny was, was great at uh, this show. Maybe the uh, David Letterman. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I, I don't know. That but thank you. And thank you for joining us around the country. Uh, thank you for sharing the show. And most of all, thank you for doing something 
about getting to your representatives and talk to them about the 1031 exchange. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.